The way we consume and share news today it is largely rooted in social media. Outlets are a reason why we decided it's important to look at what's being discussed online. From the hottest issues to trends for our daily social media minute, we're joined by Erica. Good morning. How are you? Good. It's a rainy, drizzling Tuesday morning. Actually, I saw some blue skies on my way here. Just kidding. It is no longer raining. <laughs> it's blue skies. It looks like it's going to turn out to be a nice day. All right. I mean, we're promised uh, better air quality. The so ground room. Wet though. Okay. When I walked out of okay. my apartment. Apparently, it's pouring on Chejido Island. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. And so, our listeners tune in from Chejido. So, this is strictly from the capital city. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Erica. Of course. Let's jump into our first story that's created quite a buzz online yesterday for a number of different reasons. He's a popular novelist by the name of Ihuazu. He has passed away at the age of 75 because he was a pretty, I think, significant figure in literature, but also for, I think, being a rather controversial controversial, outspoken figure as well. Yeah, uh, He didn't filter his words. No, he really didn't. Yep. So uh, he was a best-selling novelist mm. known for his unconventional, uniquely unconventional and insightful views about life. He died of pneumonia yesterday. And like you said, he was 75 years old and he is survived by his wife and two sons. According to his family, he died at around 8 p.m. last night at a hospital in Chuncheon in Kaunda province. Uh, he'd been fighting pneumonia after being infected with COVID-19 in early March. Mm. Uh, prior to contracting COVID-19, the writer had been undergoing rehabilitation mm. uh, after collapsing from cerebral hemorrhage mm. in March of 2020. Actually, he'd suffered uh, multiple ailments in recent years, including gastric cancer. Okay, so he had been hospitalized prior to this most recent yep. With COVID 19, so he was probably very weak, it seems, according yep. to reports. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you talked about his legacy, he was a household name here in South Korea for a number of different accounts. He was loved by fans for his literary works, but he also had his own radio show yeah. where he was rather vocal about every perspective he probably had. Correct. He made several guest appearances on TV shows, even was featured in TV commercials. That's right. Um, I would like to talk a little bit about his life. Uh, he was born in Gyeongsangnam-do province in Hamyang in 1946. He studied education uh, while in university. He worked briefly as a teacher at a small local school. Um, He started his literary career in 1975. Uh, He wrote the award-winning novella Hunjang, or The Medal, and then he went on to gain fame with his first full-length novel, Bumkunen Chingmul, or The Dreaming Plans. This was in 1978. Now, prior to the publication of his uh, first full-length novel and then, you know, the ensuing fame that followed, he lived in extreme poverty. Uh, He talked about how, you know, he slept inside empty garbage bins. Even in dog kennels, he begged on the streets literally, at one point. Yeah, he was literally a starving writer at the time. Oh, boy. Until he would find his success. And from there, his career would just go up, up, and higher up. Yes. Uh, he gained a wide fan base with his novels and essays, mm-hmm. including Wild Dog, Tulke, A Longhorned Beetle, Changsu Hanulso, Blade, Kal, and Hakak. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all delve into the fundamental meanings of life and 
and uh, he definitely has a, a hearty dose of humor. And uh, his books gained popularity for not mincing words. <laughs> in criticizing <laughs> the government. It didn't matter which administration. It seemed that he had something to say yep. and something to tear apart, mm-hmm. and he was not too shy about it, ever. He was also famous for his eccentric appearance, to say the least. There was a period where he sported a long yeah. silver grain ponytail and wore a white handbook everywhere he went. <laughs> That's right. He was also dubbed the president on, of Twitter. Mm. Uh, he openly expressed his political views against, mostly against the conservative yes. bloc on social media. All right, so there's his legacy. May he rest in peace. Yep. And on to our second buzzword of the morning. Tongade, uh, yes, open for business. Uh-huh. Not what you're thinking. It's that's, opening to it's the public. It's funny how you say that. It's open for business. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know how much it's going to cost to actually you know, sign up to see Tongade. Yeah. None of the specifics have come out well. Maybe it has. Oh, it has. <laughs> but from what I understand, you can make reservations to visit Tongade come May 10th. Yes. Um, I mean, people had been able to visit yeah, Tongade yeah, before yeah. as well. But uh, now it's open on a, on a much larger scale. To the public. Pe- yes. And people have more access to the different buildings and sites within the compound. The courtyard, for example, that has the greenest lawn I'd ever seen. Yeah. Right? I, most of the year, it somehow upkeeps its greenery. You know, I used to live right by there, literally like five minute walking distance. And, uh, you know, before COVID-19, there were so many tourists and tour buses lined up on that main street. And uh, yeah, people would take photographs, Mm. walk by it. Mm. I mean, it's a really beautiful area. And it was relatively quiet during the pandemic and slowly, maybe people are making a comeback. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So uh, if Mm. you're wondering, Tongwadae will be open to the public Mm. at noon on May 10th. That's the date. Uh, immediately after President-elect Yoon Suk-yeol's uh, inauguration ceremony. Because the move is very much in line with Yoon's campaign pledge to return the compound to the people. Yes, uh, he promised during his campaign to relocate the presidential office out of Chongwade and return this compound to the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said the move would help him connect better with the people uh, as Chongwade had become what he described as a symbol of imperial power. I mean, it, it's not just the president-elect who has made criticisms That's about right. Tawada being maybe just location-wise and how it's kind of closed off yeah. in its own little empirical form, I yes. suppose. So a lot of other prior presidents have tried to relocate the presidential mm-hmm. office. Yun is just the first one to get it done rather yep. quickly. Uh, do people have to book in advance to visit? I'm guessing yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, visits can be booked in advance online starting Wednesday at mm. 10 a.m. The number of visitors will be limited to 39,000 per day, uh, which is up to around 6,500 people per two-hour time slot. That's a lot of people. That must be a huge compound. That's right. I mean, I was going to say, that's a lot of people that they want to host in a two-hour time slot. Yeah, 6,500. Maybe it's just much bigger than I'd imagined. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, visitors will be able to enjoy the main building, uh, the guest house, as well as the garden areas, including Mm. Nokji and Sangchunje mm. uh, visits will run from noon to 8 p.m. Mm. on the day, on the opening day, on May 10th, mm. and then every day after that, the visits will run from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. 
including weekends. I'm told by certain reporters who had access to uh-huh. uh, Cheonghade prior to this, and they said there's a really nice tennis court in there somewhere. Oh, re- oh I'm sure there is a nice tennis it's court. not open to the public yet, but I just, <laughs> I'm so curious. Uh-huh. Now, Cheonghade had offered tours in the past, like you said, but yeah. it looks like visitors will have access to bigger grounds and more sites. Yes. Um, the current Cheonghade program is limited to 1,500 people per day, mm. uh, but the new program will allow in 26 times more people. A lot of people. They can walk freely, actually, mm. around the complex without a guide. Mm. Now, some areas of the compound, including parts of the presidential residence and the main building, will be off limits uh, until all the sensitive equipment and documents have been removed from the site. It is the former, well, to be former presidential office after all. Give them time. (laughs) Now, to mark Cheongwade's new opening, Mm -hmm. a range of cultural events will be held from May 10th through the 22nd, including at a presidential retreat in Cheongju, Mm. uh, at a presidential archive in Sejong, and uh, a Cheongwade model building in Hapcheon as well. So lots of uh, interesting cultural events taking place all throughout the country. All right, all to check out. In time with relaxed restrictions for COVID-19. Now, staying with Cheongwade just a little bit longer, the the mountainous range right behind Cheongwade is beautiful. I mean, on a clear day, we get a clear shot from our Arirang complex. Uh, The Pukaksa mountain trails behind Cheongwade have openly been partially open until now to the public. Mm -hmm. Will they fully open? It will fully open, <laughs> and that's exciting for hikers. The trails behind Cheongwade will be open to the public also on May 10th. Hikers will not be required to make uh, prior reservations, mm. and the number of visitors will not be limited either. I mean, so everyone is welcome. Everyone is welcome. Yep. Um, I'm going to give it some time. Why do I have a feeling it's going to attract a great deal of crowded? crowd? <laughs> I'll go when it's less pleasant, like summer? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on to our last story. Uh, as far as animal rights goes, we're ma- taking, honestly, slow baby steps to ensuring that pets and all animals are extended the right kind of respect, the Mm -hmm. minimal amount of it. Now it seems that owners who starve their pets to death could face jail time. It's been a long time coming. No, seriously. I can't believe it took this long. So starting next year, pet owners could face jail time if they starve their pets to death. The move comes as the government seeks to prevent animal abuse (sighs) and to better protect animal companions because the number of pet owners here in South Korea is still steadily growing. Right, right. It's a lot too. Now, under the revised Animal Protection Act, pet owners will face up to three years in prison or a maximum fine of 30 million won or around 24,000 US dollars if they're found to be responsible for the deaths of their pets mm. through acts of negligence, including mm. not feeding them. Uh, the revision is said to be promulgated later today, mm. but the law is not going to take effect until next year in April of 2023. All right. So that's kind of a grace period that you give when transitions yep. are being made, right? Mm-hmm. It's quite unbelievable, but such acts of negligence are currently not subject to punishment as they are not deemed animal abuse. Is something about animals being considered property. Yes, that's right. Now, there's more. Starting in April of 2024, so two years away, uh, people who want to raise five or more uh, dog breeds considered to be dangerous must get state approval. Mm -hmm. Now, this is because we've seen a growing number of 
accidents caused by canine pets. And uh, the five breeds of uh, dogs include the Tosa, Rottweiler, American Pit Bull Terrier, mm. American Staffordshire Terrier, and Staffordshire Bull Terrier. I have friends who have one or two of those yeah. breeds, and they would beg to differ that it's up to the owner to actually raise. It, this is or, controversial. It absolutely yeah. is. There's a tug of war as to is it actually effective to label certain breeds dangerous, or is it the owner that can turn a, a docile creature into yep. something much more dangerous and even deadly? Mm-hmm. But anyhow, in the meanwhile, it seems the government is stepping in and yes. saying that there's just been too many accidents and these five breeds will be deemed dangerous. Right. Uh, how many pet owners are there in South Korea just to get a better gauge of what where we stand today? Well, as of uh, the end of 2020, this is according to government stats, uh, there were more than 6 million households, which is uh, 29.7% of South Korea's total households uh, who are raising pets. Mostly dogs. Mostly dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't be surprised if the second is cats. <laughs> Thank you so much, Erica, for the coverage today. I hope you have a great weekend. Ah, it's actually Tuesday. Oh! <laughs> What is wrong with me? Oh, do you know why? Because um, the school break starts today. Yerika has a break. The kids get to go home from the dormitory. So I was like, okay, it's Friday. (laughs) I'm glad. I'm glad you're in a relaxed state of mind. The week just started yesterday. (laughs) See you tomorrow, Yerika. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.